Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Uttang tamang sankang namasami I was uh, reflecting on the the nature of awareness, what we've been trying to cultivate here, uh, what we're learning as a skill uh, to develop during this retreat. Awareness is very much tied up with mindfulness, with sati, with clear comprehension, sampajanya, ardency as we're um, chanting in the chant. So at this point in the retreat, uh, we've all settled in a little bit and we're becoming more adept with developing awareness and getting to know the nature of it, getting to know the, the real feel of it. I remember asking Ajahn Pasano once, uh, what is awareness exactly? What is this is something that's created, is it something that we're bringing up and, um, you know, is it consciousness? And he said, no, no, it's, it's, uh, it's not in the khanda of consciousness, although it's talked about as consciousness. Uh, but in terms of the khandas, it's, he said it's a sankara, which is, um, which is interesting. It's similar to the way that I think Ajahn Jeff speaks about it, Tinisro Bhikkhu, as something that's fabricated, that's brought into being, um, an intention, a movement of the mind, or mental formation. So I think that's a, that's a very interesting reflection to, to question the, the nature of awareness, to question what it is that's coming into existence when we are we're really knowing uh, our experience. So if we took it at, at just mindfulness, just looking at what mindfulness is, the colloquial expression mindfulness is is simply a bare attention, a bare knowing of an object. You, other words used are like non-judgmental awareness. And to a certain extent, I think that's true, but what is is also very relevant is the, the right mindfulness that we attach to it. And that's what, again, we've been chanting about is uh, samasati. And if we understand that Okay, that the Buddha is qualifying that there is a right mindfulness, we, we can see that there must be a wrong mindfulness. And the, the simply put, wrong mindfulness would be unwholesome mindfulness, mindfulness that leads towards unwholesome states, sort of amorality, going against what we know is for our, our good development, for our well-being, or we could call it unharmonious, dis, disharmonious, unharmonious mindfulness, something that's not in tune. So that sounds a bit strange to use the word mindfulness as something that could be not in tune or not right, because uh, the word in itself seems to carry something that's higher or better. But, um, but mindfulness can be, it's a, it's a neutral word, so you could have a restless experience in the evening and have been thinking about, you could be hungry and, and thinking about that delicious food uh, that you particularly liked today 
And then you're just aware of that. You're aware of that sensation, and then you're aware of standing up out of your bed, and then putting on some clothes, opening the door quietly. You're very aware of the noise that you're you're making, tiptoeing down the stairs, opening the refrigerator, and seeing there that special dish is still there. But you're being mindful. You're knowing your experience. And very quietly opening up that dish, knowing that the microwave would, would make too much noise. So mindfully aware of eating it, and then cleaning the dish, just enough water, mindfully knowing that there's no sound, just enough water to clean the dish, and then tiptoeing back upstairs and into your bed. And then you can be mindfully aware of guilt, or maybe not. But the point is, is that it is possible to carry one's attention with one's experience, to, to actually just notice our experience. And if you're adept at just knowing it, then sure, you can you not actually judge your, your experience. So that would be what I would call mindfulness that isn't in harmony, that isn't uh, in tune, that isn't right because it's not picking up the bigger picture and what we're what we're missing is sampajanya which we clearly might be knowing what it is that we're doing but the bigger picture is really missing about you know desire is a, is a very strong factor in that example and there's a another factor that we're missing which is sila uh, that we're, we've taken on some promises some an understanding of what what is beneficial to us and and those around us and what we are or not going to do of course eating at the wrong time is not actually a moral issue but it is it would be more on the sense of breaking a promise so right mindfulness is actually keeping a wholesome object in mind that's that's really what what mindfulness rather than just bare knowing or non-judgmental awareness it's bringing up a wholesome object that is beneficial for your mind. And so when we talk about the breath being beneficial, that can be a, a wholesome object. If we're aiming at the breath in the, in the wrong way, then it, it actually might not bring up wholesome states. But if we are in the right way, then it's conditioning uh, tranquility, peace, and a very perceptive understanding of our experience that we can see what our mind is really doing while we're focusing on an object like the breath. And so it's, it's important, I think, in the quality of mindfulness to evaluate that, to um, learn to see like, well, is this, is how I'm paying attention to what I'm paying attention to actually benefiting the mind? Is there a wholesome effect that's occurring? So I can see drinking some coffee uh, there, there seems, of course, just drinking a liquid. There's, there's nothing, no problem with that. But knowing that there's a past experience that's caused some unskillfulness in terms of maybe feeling too much energy or um, too excited, uh, the mind moving outwards. These are some of the things that can occur. Then, I, then I have a past. I have a background. I have some wisdom to evaluate my experience. If I'm choosing to ignore that experience, then all I'm really doing is paying attention, but not doing so with, with. Sampajanya with, with really clearly knowing what it is I'm doing. I could even say to myself, 
uh, before I drink caffeine, before I have caffeine, do I, do you really want to be doing this? Is this, of course, the voice comes back, oh, it's just a small amount. How could this hurt? A couple tablespoons. And so the mind, the mind goes through these sankharas that are, you know, these formations that are being developed and can very much choose to move into right mindfulness or wrong mindfulness, paying attention to what is wholesome or unwholesome. So that's where Sampajanya is clearly knowing, is where uh, we say the words in our chant, fully aware. So we're actually really aware of our surroundings, what it is that we're doing, even the impacts that it, that it would be having uh, on us. And we're, again, keeping that sense of wholesomeness in mind. So that's what, what creates this samasati. And we add ardency in there, atapi, which is it's sort of like, um, like if you imagine a hunter, a person who's going out to to hunt, that person is hungry, and what they're doing though, when they're paying attention, is they're they're very serious with what they're doing. There's an ardency to it. It doesn't mean that that their friend couldn't be with them and tell them a joke. They couldn't laugh, but they're keeping in mind exactly what it is that they're doing with a very serious understanding that this is this is where my focus lies. This is what I'm paying attention to. This is what I'm trying to understand. And that seriousness, that ardency. Or the sorry, the quality of that ardency has a seriousness to it. It has a, a quality of sensing that what we're doing is important. It's of the utmost importance to us. And so, right mindfulness really actually brings in quite a lot. It also brings in intention. Um, intention is a very important quality. the The mind is moving towards a sense of of desiring to do something for you know a particular goal or reason there's an intention there's a movement towards what it is that we're being aware of so it's not uh, mindfulness is not a sort of simple uh, word it's something that is it, it involves a lot and so when we're meditating i think it's really important to pay attention to the quality of awareness the quality of mindfulness that that you're having so, for example, uh, when we're when we sit here and we meditate together, it's important to understand that when when the mind goes out into a worldly object, and we can say a worldly object is anything that is of the the six senses. So, how we're perceiving the world is through the objects that our senses are are being conscious of. The mind gets involved, absorbed, interested in these objects, and then our intention moves us towards awareness and so we move away from the object and it's and that process is i find in my own meditation very important to pay attention to because it can be so easily easily ignored when we come back what is the experience of the mind actually moving towards our wholesome object that we're choosing whether it's the not a sound or our breath or the, the entire body breathing or other sensations that we're paying attention to our experience. Uh, if we're not actually seeing the quality of that, how mindfulness works and how the mind is intending in towards us actually fabricating this experience, then, then we're actually missing a little bit of the, or we're actually a, a bigger part of the picture that's quite important because when we start to understand the quality of our own awareness and the intention of the mind moving uh, back towards uh, a wholesome object, then we're learning a skill as to 
uh, how we actually create that in our experience. So we create this movement of mind towards uh, a wholesome object, a wholesome uh, place for the mind to settle on. And so the at first it can seem almost magical, it can seem non-deliberate, the way the mind comes back to uh, a center of, of knowing and, and being aware of what our intention was to stay with a, a particular anchor within the body. Then though, when we, when we pay attention to how this activity works, then we, we can see that we can incline the mind towards that uh, intention more, more and more easily because we're learning a skill. And this is where right effort comes in. And so right effort is really understanding how that quality of awareness is inclined to, to be there as, as, uh, as right, you know, right mindfulness through, through our efforts, the efforts that we're making, the uh, intentions and the movements uh, of our mind. So the, the Noble Eightfold Path chant that we're reciting over and over again, there's really the, some of the words are you know, arousing, energy, zeal, really bringing a crisp attention to what it is that we're doing so that we can, we can, first, we can first really see when there is an unarisen, unwholesome state. We, we're, we're actually not having a, a sense of not being concerned with it or complacency. I think complacency is an easy way to look at it. So that with ardency in place, with atapi, we're saying, oh, where is... There's something, um, some unwholesome state that's constantly, possibly lurking around that I'm that I'm really trying to recognize and make an effort not to allow into our own observation of what it is that we're are the object that we're observing. So we're going to see that an unwholesome state, such as like let's say uh, you're paying attention to your breath, and all of a sudden you notice that there are some movements in your chest in your body that begin to stir and and um, if you're very clearly aware of that you see that these you know the, that your brow brow might be furled and your stomach might have uh, tightened a bit and there might be some uh, in the chest some some squeezing sensations of the muscles that uh, are indicating to you that that aversion or, or anger is actually rising and so when you're when you're very aware of those, uh, that emotion coming up through these different sensations in the body, then awareness uh, with right effort can bring the mind into to knowing that experience, but also not allowing it to develop uh, so that the mind moves out into it. And so right effort also, um, of course, works with arisen wholesome states, when states that are present for us are, are there. So if, for example, if you find that you have you are experiencing a set of concentration, then you're actually working to continue that. Uh, if you're if you're if you're experiencing a, uh, the mind being very very concentrated and, and sticking with your object, then you're you're making an effort to continue that. Again, there isn't complacency that that would set in. Um, you're working against that complacency, making an effort and energy to to continue with your wholesome states, and always aware that that the wholesome states can decrease and so it's your job to to increase them and to sustain them and then of course when unwholesome states have come in so let's say your intention to stay with your breath is is working out 
for, for a set of time, but then a really juicy story comes up. Something that somebody said actually brings up a sense of humor, and that's, that's quite a pleasant feeling, that sense of the body feeling joy. But it's not, it's not something, that kind of sort of giddiness is not something that's stable. It's not as stable as the breath. And so we can notice that actually it's sort of like a, uh, it's like a moving top. If you're watching your breath and you're concentrating, that top is spinning. And it's, it's spinning very clearly in a, in a way that isn't wobbling at all. But when something like giddiness comes up, that can feel very pleasant, but it starts to move the top. It starts to, to uh, have the concentration move in a way that is allowing the mind towards going uh, to go outward into our senses. And so we're, we're aware that, that these, these unwholesome states, they can arise, the wholesome states can decrease. And so we're, we're, we're really arousing this zeal. We're making this effort to, to keep these, these, this awareness in its place, to keep our mind, the intention of the mind moving um, towards the object and, and especially to investigate it. This investigation is, is extremely important because the, the object can, if we're, if we're experiencing uh, right effort and we're, and we are able to continue with wholesome, our wholesome state of mind and our ability to, to stabilize our object of meditation, then it's also important to really understand the mind's movements with, within this area because uh, it, can, it can also be boring if you're not actually directing like your attention as to how the mind is watching an object. So how is awareness actually really working? I'm not sure if, if some of you have noticed this, but uh, something I often notice when uh, when I'm watching the breath, is that there's there's a really uh, strong sense of a doer there, a push towards doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a proper meditator. And that might come with it, the fact that I'm able to stay with, with the object of meditation, but because of this subtle pressure, uh, and it can be gross or it can be very subtle, uh, where it's just a habit of mind, the the sense of concentration that I have is not one that it's like this the the top that I'm describing it's still wiggling a little um, it's not it's not turning true or it's or it's kind of even if it is continuing to turn around it's it's going in circles so um, that quality of attention is very important to to pay attention to at the same time because even though we might have an experience of sustained awareness on our objects of meditation, that awareness itself, since it's a sankara, since it's created, uh, it's something we're developing, we're fabricating, the way that we're doing that, what we're bringing to that can actually have a, a, a bit of a unwholesome comma attached to it. And there can be some unwholesome action that we're bringing into how we're watching our object. So one of the ways that, that um, we can clarify that is by bringing up the, the three characteristics as we're, as we're paying attention to our object. So we can see, as Lumpur is often talking about, um, the object that we're watching, we're doing it with a sense of, of seeing change, that there's an awareness of change, there's an awareness of the impermanent nature of, of what it is that we're, we're watching, the impermanent nature of the breath. As it's going in, it goes out again. Lumpur Semedo often talks about, you know, you, you can't just keep having an out-breath. 
that breath can be very pleasant. Actually, I think he, he, he enjoys the in-breath more. I, can't, I think it's actually the in-breath he talks about. Different people enjoy one or the other or both differently, but the point is, is you can't, you can't just have the one that you enjoy. Just breathing in, breathing in, breathing in doesn't work. So you, you notice that the in-breath is always followed with the, by the out-breath. And, and also um, then looking at this, this sense of change, we can look at the awareness uh, as a changing condition. It's, it's coming with our intention. We're knowing our object. And as I've been talking, there's a quality of that knowing. There's uh, awareness, to me, doesn't always have a neutral, bare sense to it. There's often a, a, a lot happening there. It's a fairly thick experience, I've found. One of the, one of the things you might also see is, is that there's, in, in our experience, when Lumpur is also bringing up um, Dukkha Lakana, the sign of Dukkha, and so we can, we can see this as we're paying attention to our object, which is different than unpleasantness. So like if, if there's an unpleasant sensation, that's what we call dukkha. But dukkha lakana is then how we experience that sensation and make something of it. And dukkha lakana would be out of a, an unwholesome way. So experiencing discontent. So if I'm experiencing the effects of caffeine and I find this unpleasant, then I can say, why did I, why did I have that caffeine? I'm going to be up all night and often causes me to, to think a lot or, or too much. Shouldn't I know better now? And on and on the mind can go. So that's the sign of dukkha. It's this discontent with the present moment, discontent with, with experience. And so we, we bring that up with our, our object of awareness. So if I'm just watching my, like the rhythm of my heart right now, and I can notice it's, it's beating faster or it has a, there's a, a speedy feeling within the body, rather than moving towards dukkalakana in terms of expressing it, there can just be a knowing of that experience. And so I can, I can also look at awareness, you know, where is it in that sense of knowing that there is still dukkha? And one of the ways I brought that up with you is that pressure often to be doing the right thing, to follow awareness in a particular way and make sure I'm being aware. I'm doing the right thing. And of course, within that, we also look at the I-ness, the my-making, the, the sense of atta that we bring up. I have this experience. This is what I'm doing. I'm a great meditator. I'm a great thinker. Or I'm a terrible meditator. It's all, it's all formed out of this conceit of I am. And we can see that, um, you know, out of this characteristic of self-creation, this is um, what is being brought into our awareness. There's, there's been times when I've had experiences where the mind can, can move into a more of a concentrated state. There's, there's more in concentration moving. Uh, I'm noticing this and all of a sudden I get excited. And then I personalize that experience. Oh, this is, I can't wait, or this is going to be great. And one of the, one of the ways that we can pay attention to that, uh, when we're, because again, that will destabilize your your spinning top is to is to really pay attention to that that sense of I-ness. and and something easily we can say to ourselves is this this isn't about me. There's nothing about the experience of awareness right now that is has to do with me. This is just the Dhamma. So we we're 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 learning to be clearly aware to clearly know what it is that we're experiencing in our awareness. 
and we're having a, a sense of seriousness about that, a, a, an ardency, um, a very intent look at, at what it is that we're doing. Because we know there's repercussions to that. There's consequences. Good consequences. Wholesome consequences. And so mindfulness really has the, the potential to bring in all of these uh, characteristics that I'm talking about, these qualities. Actually, it's essential for mindfulness to have these qualities and characteristics with it. It's what really allows our experiences to be seen clearly so that we can have insight, we can have wisdom and understanding based on what it is that we're seeing. Because if the, if the object of our meditation was just to watch our breath for 30 years, just in, out, in, out, in, out, and just focus on that, then I don't think we could really we could really get anywhere. I used to think that's all it was. If all I had to do as a meditator, as a monk, was just follow the breath in and out, and that was it, just a sort of black and white, that's it. There's no nothing else in between. There's no other job I have. Just watch watch the breath. Then it'd be a bit of a waste of a life. A skill could be developed in terms of concentrating, but but there would be no insight. It'd be like, you know, learning how to be a good runner, which there's nothing bad about being a good runner, but at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you've just learned how to run, that's it. So in terms of, uh, of looking at our awareness, looking at our experience of awareness, at uh, our experience of sati, at, at mindfulness, these are just some encouragements to, to try to have some different angles as to how you're watching your object of meditation, but also how it is that you can see that you're, you're creating the qualities that will enhance your meditation and enhance insight and enhance wisdom. This is a, a fabrication, as I started with talking about, as a sankara, something we're creating in our experience. And it's right, it's wholesome. And we see that through the result of how it is that we're experiencing our object of meditation and the qualities that we also experience through our investigation, through how we, how we look at awareness and how we look at our ability to develop the skill of meditation. So these are just some thoughts. If there's anything that's been useful, please use it in your, in your practice, but anything that has not been useful, just feel free to leave it behind. Antamayam tamagataya sadhu parangadamase